Hello and welcome to New Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everybody who came to our live show, Asbury Park, on the 26th. It was a fun time. You got to see Fudgy the Whale beat the shit out of Rutgers wrestling legend Nick Soriano with a car antenna. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. That's a perfect stage representation of what this show is. Everything we talk about here at New Jersey is the world. And uh, congrats to all the people who won prizes. All of those were people who are members of the Patreon. We basically said, hey, if you're over at the Patreon, you're at that turnpike tier, you get first dibs on being the ones who win some prizes. So congrats to everybody who came out and won stuff. And a huge thanks to everybody who supports the show, whether that's coming to the live shows, joining the Patreon, getting t-shirts, listening. It all means a lot. It's such a great excuse to talk about New Jersey, this place I've always loved, and connect with friends who have long been near and dear to me. So thanks to everybody who supported this thing in our first year. I can't wait to see what we got coming at you next. I know what we have coming at you today. A short, sweet, simple thing to end this year. This is our New Jersey year resolutions. These are New Year's resolutions we're all going to commit to publicly that relate directly to the state of New Jersey. If you have places that you want to commit to, remember our voicemail line is 973-780-4660. Also leave your comments at the Patreon or just tweet them at me, whatever you think. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a crazy year. Doing this podcast has helped me get through a lot of the craziness. So I thank you everybody who has who has supported it and allowed it to happen. And hopefully we just keep making this thing more fun more of a celebration of this place we love and we just keep getting more people on board build a little movement here and everybody who was at asbury park last night knows we're doing a monthly residence at the house of independence so first week of february we'll be back as long as everything is feeling safe and healthy so maybe we'll see you all there february 2nd join the patreon get tickets early anyway enjoy this episode thanks for a great year everybody Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wotown, a division of New Jersey is the world. This is, of course, a show where three friends who grew up in Western Orange, New Jersey, who also spent some time in New Brunswick, New Jersey together, hang out, and they reminisce, and it's sort of like a comedic podcast, and it's also sort of like group therapy where they process the things that happened to them and the things that they did to others. Mike D., how you doing tonight? I'm in the holiday spirit in New Jersey. I love going around, seeing all the lights seeing all the uh, people with Christmas trees tied to the top of their cars, hoping they don't fly off onto Route 1. Nikki Bonaduce, I uh, can't help but notice in the Zoom that you are next to a, a beautiful blinking Christmas tree. You you're, you seem to be in the holiday spirit as well. Always, yeah. I love Christmas. It's uh, always been a big thing for me. Um, one of the things I thought I would never do in my entire life was have a fake tree. And we'd always go cut our own tree or whatever, had like a really good place to get a tree from and then like halfway through my marriage i married a person who was a fake tree family people and uh my life was turned upside down and christmas kind of was never the same again but every year this time of year when i'm driving down the parkway and i get into the pine barrens i pull over and i cut a tree down and i jam it in the back of my work truck and drive home with it you do just to keep the real tree thing alive yeah just to kill a tree just to on principle you kill a tree once a year well, yeah, and I'm a smitty, so I went to school for forestry, so I know how to properly fell a tree, too. So I like to exercise that skill once a year. I'm the opposite of you. I grew up in a fake tree family, and uh, my wife is a real tree person. And it's, I would say, so many ways more pleasant. The smell, you can sense the natural side of it, but I don't love the cleanup. And I miss the, I miss the simple days of no cleaning up needles for four to five months after Christmas. You don't know the trick? What's the trick? You got to keep that tree watered, man. Come on. In a bag. Well, I got the tree bag this year, finally. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trick. Jesus Christ. Come on. Bush league. Bush league. Yeah. Use the tree bag and you're not going to be cleaning them up. You'll be good. And keep it watered. And cut off the bottom of the tree before you put it, you know. Not everybody sells the tree bags, though. Those trees ba- tree bags are kind of a, a rare commodity. Then get a fucking commercial gigantic um, garbage bag. I got the tree bag this year. Or a drop cloth. You got a drop cloth? Go to Home Depot, get a drop cloth. I do know what a drop cloth is. I feel like I'm being yelled at. I feel like instead of a oh. holiday spirit thing, I feel like I'm being... Do I sound like I'm from Bergen scolded. County or something? You do. You have, you have some Bergen County energy tonight. Some angst. Donnie and Jody would be proud. Um, this is 
coming out on December 27th. This will be right in between Christmas and New Year's. Oh my God. This also is, you know, we launched New Jersey is the World in January of 2021. So this is, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of our show. So that's a natural time of reflection. It's crazy. And I was sitting around thinking, what would be a good idea for a holiday episode? And I thought, you know what? In between Christmas and New Year's, what if we do some uh, New Jersey specific New Year's resolutions? Some things that we promise to do, things to partake in, see where this conversation goes. Just kind of what's the New Jersey bucket list items we haven't gotten to yet. Let's make public declarations that we're going to get to them. And I hope that everybody who listening, who's listening, first of all, knows how much we genuinely appreciate everybody who has supported this podcast. It's been extremely fun for us. We've said on the show a bunch of times, we were all going nuts during the pandemic, decided to do something creative that would bring us together as friends, give us something to do, some structure in our lives. And it really, I think, for a variety of reasons spread amongst the people involved, saved us all to one degree or another. And uh, it made a real shitty year into something good. Uh, but also, you all support it. We want to hear your resolutions too, whether that's at 973-780-4660, whether that's via comments on the Patreon. We, we want to know what you got. What's on your New Jersey bucket list that you're finally going to check off? I made myself a, a little list, basic items, and my assumption is that we'll get into this conversation and it'll just keep growing. Might be some things that you guys will be surprised to hear I haven't done. Uh, I'm sure I might have similar reactions to you all. Uh, and along the way, maybe we'll realize there's even more that needs to happen in 2022. So I feel bad I didn't make any list. <laughs> I'm happy to go first since I'm, I wrote some stuff down. Or I can pass the ball since I've been talking too much. You guys let me know. We can rotate. Yeah. We can we can pass off resolutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'll tell you one that I don't know if I've revealed this on the show explicitly. I've danced around it. One thing that I've never done, and I may have just outright said this, but I think I may have been embarrassed as an Essex County individual. I've never eaten at the Belmont Tavern. Mm -hmm. A place we've spoken about so much. So much. And I've always heard the legend of Chicken Savoy. Oi, oi, oi. Never gone. Now I'm vegetarian, so it had seemed like lower priority. But then, Mike, you told me they got the Gavadil and the pot cheese. The best. I learned what pot cheese was through New Jersey is the world. Seems like I, I have got to just bite the bullet, get down there, eat that Gavadil and pot cheese. I think we can remedy that pretty quickly. And I think, and also, <laughs> you know, as a vegetarian of decades at this point we'll go and we'll get we'll start with the scott all salad then we'll we'll go we'll get the broccoli rob we'll get the john bought and we'll get the gava deal and pot cheese and it will be the best possible meal you could imagine what's john bought john bought is like a like a like a pepper and potato kind of like vegetable mix, almost sort of like a stew. Sometimes they don't always have it, but usually if you ask, they'll make the jump ball for you. And it's, it's real good. My brother was just there a week or two ago and he said they made the jump ball for them. Nice. Got to go to the Belmont. It's a shame that I haven't as a, uh, as an Essex County res, as, as a New Jersey shit talker, let alone an Essex County guy. That is one of the big ones on my bucket list that absolutely needs to happen. I feel bad I haven't been yet, and I cannot risk the idea that it might close down without me having stepped foot in there. So number one resolution on my list, Wow! I will eat at the Belmont. I'm going to have that jambot. I'm going to have that gavadil and pot cheese. We're going to make it happen. Let's do it. Let's pick a day, because I will always go to the Belmont at any point that someone wants to go there. And then we can walk around the corner and visit my childhood home. And then maybe we can find some uh, local youths who want to fight with car antennas in the old neighborhood tradition. <laughs> and perhaps we'll even find Carmenuch wandering down the block, still soul searching to see what he did so wrong that his father, his grandfather beat him publicly while he was dressed as Lionel from the Thundercats. And we can console him and allow him to move on to the next world in peace. All you hear him saying is thunder, thunder, <laughs> Thunder, thunder, <laughs> the last time I was at the Belmont, I did run into Anthony the barber, my childhood barber, and also literally the barber of my grandfather and uncles going back decades. And he was there having a nice dish of macaroni, which was great. He gave me a hug. He was real happy to see me. I love it. Now, Mike. That's awesome. You had my back so hard when I brought up the Belmont. Maybe I'll pass the ball to you. You can list your first resolution of the evening. This will, of course, also buy Nikki Bonaduce more time to come up with a couple. 
I, I've got a bunch, but one one thing that I really want to do, and there's, it's operating on several levels. I really want to spend the night in Lucy the Elephant. Wow. Almost more than anything next year, I would love to spend the night in Lucy the Elephant, which I know is something that can happen. And from time to time, they do either auction off for charity or have a raffle or, you know, a little contest and you can stay there. And one, I've just increasingly become in love with that part of the Jersey Shore. Wow. I think... I'm very curious about what the inside of Lucy the Elephant looks like. I've seen pictures, and Wood. from what I can see, it's definitely like my vibe of of style and design decoration. And then the third part, which I mentioned on a show a while back, is when I ran the New York's or sorry, the Atlantic City Marathon, and when I was on the switchback at you know mile 18 or wherever, and you run past Lucy the Elephant. That's when I felt myself starting to lose my mind during the marathon. And so I kept just staring at Lucy the Elephant to keep myself sane. And so now I feel something that I would love to do in this year is spend the night there and enjoy the inside of Lucy the Elephant instead of standing outside Lucy the Elephant and suffering. I don't know if I've told you this, but um, Hallie and I went to Atlantic City pretty early into our time together. And I brought her to Lucy the Elephant. Hallie fell in love. And ever since we have a framed, you can buy the blueprints of Lucy the Elephant and we bought them and had them framed and they've, they've hung in our bedroom with pride ever since. So that's cool. I can't wait to hear how you finagle your way. And I also know out of all my friends, I know that Lucy the Elephant used to be a hotel. I love that you've researched the idea that it some, sometimes still happens. I also feel like it would be very on brand for Mike D to find a way to spend the night in Lucy the Elephant. More, I, I have faith in you on this one more than I would most of my friends. I think I can do it. And with the with the help of the New Jersey strange hotel gods, I think this might happen. And it looks clean. Does not look skivats at all. That'd be so cool. Just to be careful we don't have sex in there because they probably have cameras in there now that like, you know, people go in there. It's like one of the things, like if you ha- if you're gonna go spend the night in Lucy the Elephant, like you want to have sex in it, don't you? You gotta have sex in Lucy the Elephant, and and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Your wife is one of my favorite people, but yeah. if you're both there, you gotta try. You gotta try to hook up at Lucy the Elephant. What do you mean try? I feel like that might be a little sacrilegious, but feel it out. Just feel it out. It is. It is Atlantic City. Yeah. It's like you'd be like, oh, I want to stay in Lucy the Elephant, do blow and bang hookers all night. That's fucking awesome. Bonaduce. <laughs> Now that you've, <laughs> that's my, now that that's you've my Mike, New Year's resolution. Well, listen, that's on my top. Now my that you've turned list. Mike D's resolution um, grim and evil. <laughs> oh, sorry. Why don't you offer up your first resolution of your own? I have none. No, uh, I only have like really one personal uh, resolution. That's probably to uh, quit smoking cigarettes. But besides that, I kind of go everywhere I want and do whatever I want to do anyway. So. You're telling me there's nothing you haven't eaten in this state. Oh, there's lots of things I haven't there's eaten. There's no place you've yeah. ever always heard of that you haven't quite gotten to yet. I, I already tried Boost, like, and I've drank it every week now for the past three weeks, at least one day. So I feel like I can die happy now. No, I don't know. I have to think about it more. Okay, we'll come back to you. I'll do my next one. A place I haven't been that Mike D has, has that you've told me is both great and hilariously kind of janky. A place that is a resolution that maybe wouldn't exist if not for my son's love of trains. I have never been to Northlands. And I've heard of it. And even just this week, I had somebody tell me how great it is. And uh, if you don't know, this is down, I believe, in Hunterdon County. It's the world's largest indoor miniature train set. Never been. My kid would love it. I got to make a trip of it. It has to happen. It's. I think you'll really like it. I think Cal will love it. Um, and I think the reason you'll love it is not that you have any particular interest in model trains, at least not in our decades of being friends that I've ever heard. But there is a certain melancholy strangeness to Northlands that I think will very much appeal to you, which Cal will not pick up on. He will just enjoy seeing the very 
intricate and over the top train dioramas, but there's something else going on there. At least the time that I went, that I felt very strongly, which I think you're you're gonna you're is gonna make you like it more than you would if it were just a run of the mill tourist attraction. <laughs> and if I remember right, I forget if it was on the show or off the show, but if it was on the show, it's worth revisiting. This was the place. Didn't you tell me that they were understaffed? And when you went, there was one guy whose job was to kind of run ahead to the next room and turn everything on just before you entered. So, yes, I don't know if it was because they were understaffed or it's set up that way. But as you go from room to room and this place is massive, I can't undersell the size of it. It's absolutely gigantic you know i i guess this person would sense that you were about done with the you know the new york city themed train line and we're moving on to the next one and then would run into the next room and sort of turn on all the little lights and things because there's trains but there's also you know buildings and mountains and little waterfalls that someone apparently has to manually operate so there was this person who was sprinting from station to station when i was there Oh, the things that the kids won't notice that the adults will is I'm already learning as a the parent of a two-year-old. Like stuff that kids don't see, but that parents pick up on immediately is a very good subgenre of entertainment. Or as a kid watching your parents as there's something awkward going on around you that you're not aware of. And you're like, I wonder what my parents are making those faces for. Well, dude, I'll never forget. There was a place in Florham Park and this was not even this past summer, it was the summer before, it was 2020. So everybody's trying to figure out what you're allowed to do. And everybody's trying to find outdoor activities. And word went around, there was this place in Florham Park that's like an indoor playland for kids and you can rent it for parties. And they were going to have Sesame Street characters do like an outdoor dance party for kids with Sesame Street characters. And this was, Cal had just gotten heavy into Sesame Street. Nice. So dude, we show up and it's in like a parking lot and they got somebody dressed as Mickey Mouse, somebody dressed as Elmo, and somebody dressed as Cookie Monster. And like, kids flipped out, and Cal got so shy, and he was like, he was one of the littlest kids there, and he summoned bravery and walked up to Elmo to give Elmo a high five and a hug. And it was so cute to see that he was like, that's Elmo, I gotta like, get over my self-consciousness and go do it. And it was like... It was simultaneously, it was genuinely magical for the kids. And I got to watch my son have that moment and it genuinely melted my heart. And there was not a single second of it where I wasn't looking around going like, we are in a sad fucking parking lot out near the Columbia Turnpike. And that's like, when I look to my left, you know, like a parking, like a parking lot, parking lot where like, you'll see like the back half of an 18 wheel, like the trailer of an 18 wheeler, like not hitched up to a thing, just sitting at the far end of a parking lot next to the dumpsters. Like that was visible. And meanwhile, there's some asshole dressed as Mickey Mouse, like doing the running man for my child's entertainment. Like my kid was so blown away. It meant so much to me that they did it. And also... It was sad start to finish in a way that I, as an adult, was well aware of. And man, was that fun. I have to ask you a question. Did it remind you of your childhood when you were standing in Caldor meeting Spider-Man for the first time? <laughs> oh my God. The Caldor Spider-Man moment. Everything that ever took place. Did you guys... Like, like is this going to traumatize my child as much as Spider-Man and Caldor next to the carriage cart collector listen that polaroid photo of the spider-man thing is evidence of all the grimace that i knew i was old enough to know then that that was a little sad but you know what else too i don't know if it was just my half a town that went there did you guys ever go to the community house yeah i went to camp there at the community house i went to my preschool at the community house which is this place on main street in west orange that's been there it's gotta have been there for like a hundred years or something right like legitimately many many decades as long as anyone i know can think back to it's been there I, I was there a lot as a kid and i think it is for the poorer side of town i used to do like crafts arts and crafts stuff there a lot they used to have gymnastics classes and i had my preschool there i think when you're a kid there there's a lot of magic and that's a place i look back and i go that's a scrappy place where they are getting by and there's some like but it's that beautiful sadness of like there's noble sadness and they're doing it for kids that place rings out roller skating night roller skating night at the community house i'm like that must have been sad to the adults watching all the down the hill kids try to roller skate and bust their asses the great beehive incident at the west orange community house do you remember what was the great 
beehive incident. When we went to summer camp there, I went to summer camp with, with my brother and the neighborhood ninja. The three of us went to camp there. And every day they would walk us from the community house to the, the town pool, the Ginny Dunkel pool. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. it was a huge mob of, I mean, I think because the camp was, was incredibly cheap and right in town. So tons of kids went there. So there would be 150 kids making this walk. And one day we were walking, um, you know, just over main street towards Colgate field. And there was a giant, a beehive or a wasp's nest up in the tree. So all hundred, 150 of us kids start throwing rocks at it to try to knock it down. And of course, one kid who, who later on became a real, creep that we went to high school with hits the thing dead center with a rock it explodes and a thousand angry wasps come flying out into this crowd of kids who are all in bathing suits walking to the pool and they start stinging everyone and there's one kid that we grew up with who seemed to be the center of the thing. And he must've got stung a hundred times and kids are running every which direction. And then uncle Louie, who is the, I guess the director of the camp, he like runs away and he comes back five minutes later and he has this big van and he just starts throwing kids into the back of this, his home, his van, like lumber, oh just throwing God. them in. And I don't know where he drove them. I guess he drove them to the hospital, but all these kids got stung and we didn't get to go to the pool that day. And some of those kids never came back to camp and I didn't see them again until the following year when we went back to school. He drove immediately to the pool and threw them in. Threw them it's the one the remedy for a beer, right? The chlorine is what you need. The healing waters of Ginny Dunkel. <laughs> the West Arch Town Pool is named the Ginny Dunkel Pool after uh, an Olympian from the 1960s, Ginny Dunkel, who I think took a silver or bronze in the Olympics during one of the years it was up in the 60s, West Orange native, the Ginny Dunkel Pool. Here's the thing that I don't know if we've discussed. First of all, the Ginny Dunkel Pool uh, snack bar was the only reliable place where you were guaranteed to be able to buy a Charleston chew in the entire town of West Orange, New Jersey. They were never consistently stocked at any deli, candy store, supermarket, West Orange. Ginny Dunkel Pool, you could always get a Charleston chew, so shout out to them for that. But... <laughs> Do you guys remember that if you went behind the snack bar area to the the picnic table area that no one ever sat in because it was behind it, there were always people playing a game called sockball, which I've come to realize may not exist outside of the Ginny Dunkel pool. This was a game where you'd ball up a bunch of socks because you weren't wearing socks. You were at the pool and then you roll up a towel and twist it. So it was the bat. And then you'd play a version of wiffle ball with the sock ball and the towel bat. And we all called it sock ball. And I've realized that there may be a sport that only exists at the Ginny Dunkel pool (laughs) in West Orange, New Jersey. Is there a sock ball championship that occurs every year in that picnic place behind the snack bar? I got it. My friend Lenny still works at the pool every summer. He runs the place now. Oh shit! I gotta ask him if they still play sock ball back there. I'm gonna see. If, I'm gonna wow. test that right now. I wonder if there's like uh, like at some point it just stopped or kids started getting beaten with towels. Who knows? Yeah, that, that was a prime prime area for rat tailing. It seems like the kind of neighborhood where the kids might put like a bar of soap and towel and beat each other. I, I've got another resolution: is I've never been to Santillo's. Which I'm dying to go to. Oh, dude! Well, one- I'll come up and we'll go get pizza. We got to do that. There's, but there's you got uh, there's like different kinds of pies and shit too. That place is incredible. Nick, have you been? You got to call up and you got to call between a certain time, and then you got to go there and you need it's a two person operation. Somebody's got to stay in the car. One person's got to run in and get the food. Now on my list is the Cosmos, the Italian ice place in Elizabeth, and. We got to make this a whole Elizabeth trip because I was shocked because Santillo's is sure. insane and amazing. But Peter Genovese listed the Cosmos as his thing you got to do in Edison over Santillo's. And I, I was, I said to him, when we interviewed him, I'm like, that is shocking. He's like, the Cosmos is that good? And I looked it up, you know, the Cosmos, it's been there over a hundred years, this Italian ice place. Wow. And wow. the family, the uh, their daughter opened an outpost in Metuchen. Which I've been to really? a number of times. Is it good? Yeah, it's fantastic. So it's probably the same stuff, right? It's always different. They only make like three or four flavors a day. They only, It's just fruit and sugar and ice. Those are the ingredients. But the one in Elizabeth, they're trying to find a buyer. 
I read an article, but they're not like rushing it. They're just basically like, look, we're getting old. We want to find somebody. We'll teach them the recipe. We want to find somebody to keep it oh going. So they might not sell it this year or next year. They really want to do it the right way, but got to go soon because- Oh, let's do it. I'm ready to quit my job and do something else. That place might shut down. I will not forgive myself if it does. The outpost location that they've opened, I'm a frequent visitor to, and- um. They are so incredibly nice and so into the story and so into the lemon ice that they make. Um, I can't possibly give it a higher recommendation. They're just so great. Um, That's awesome. And, and every time you go in, it's sort of a crapshoot. They always have lemon, but the other flavors are just whatever they happen to be making that day. Great place to to check out. Um, are they making that there? Or are they bringing it from the other one in Elizabeth? You know, I don't know. I'll ask them the next time I go in. But I mean, it's the same. It's the daughter of the family who runs it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. That's what I'm saying. I wonder why the daughter doesn't want to run the other place too. Maybe it's just not making that much money anymore. You know, who knows? Yeah, that could be. Um, they also have very cool T-shirts. We gotta try that. I mean, look at the look at the pizza menu though. It's like you gotta like. There's so many different kinds of pies. Now, you know, the thing with Santillo's is a lot of the pizzas are actually named after a year. Yeah. And then that's the type of pizza that was popular that year. Right. We got to do a Santillo's de Cosmos twofer. And then there's that famous ravioli place in Elizabeth too. Maybe just an in general Elizabeth food trip day. We need to go have that. I was up on Ridgedale Avenue uh, working last week. Ridgedale and Route 10. What was the name of the bakery over there? That was Colangers, right? The place that had like the deli and everything. It used to be down in West Orange and then they moved up to East Hanover. Yeah, Colangers. Right? It's not there anymore. They moved that. Colangers is in Fairfield now. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was over there and I got so excited because I was working by Ridgedale Avenue. I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a sandwich at this great deli. I've been going to since I was a kid. They drove over there. I was like, oh my God, it's a fucking physical therapy place now. The New Jersey version of the Grinch stealing Christmas is you go to get the rolls for Christmas Eve at Calandra and they're sold out. That's literally the New Jersey version of the Grinch stealing Christmas. And that shit happens. You better fucking call and order. Gotta get that early. When my dad comes and visits, he will. Um, he has multiple times. If he's if he's with my mom, they'll just head home because my mom is a rational person. Right. But my dad will sometimes get, say like, hey, I'm going to cut out 30 minutes early. I'm going to go to Calandra's and just stock up on bread. Fuck yeah, man. And then he drives all the way back up to upstate New York four hours with the bread in his car. Yeah, you freeze it. It makes his car smell good for days. Oh And then he gets God. the good bread. I just stick my head. I'm going to take like two rolls and use them as like <laughs> fucking oxygen mask. It's like... <laughs> Uh, Sir, you you need to wear a mask in here, but it uh, it can't be a Calandra's roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm hot on bread, baby. Try, try to, <laughs> next thing we know, Nick's getting arrested at the airport. He's screaming like, "I built the fucking runway! I built this fucking <laughs> runway with my hands! You let me through, asshole!" They're like, "You can't just have a rubber band around a Calandra's roll." Hopefully not for like at least another twenty years. Maybe when I'm like sixty five and I'm start really fucking losing my mind, that might be a reality. Okay, Nick, we're now on round two of our resolutions. You took a mulligan on the first one. Oh, shit. Mike D and I have each offered up two. All right. Have you come up with one um, yet? A New Jersey-based yes. New Year's resolution. I'm going to make a serious effort to start uh, exploring Cape May County uh, and all the area around the Delaware Bay, which I find intriguing, like that area, Greenwich and stuff like that. I'm, I've always had... Uh, you know, an interest in it, but I've never taken the initiative to go down there. So this year I'm going deep South Jersey. So anybody want to take me on a tour down there? I'm coming down. I will say that is like a place that we all know is beautiful and weird. Um, that even Andrea is like, yeah, that's the South Jersey where it gets like doing its own thing. Even Andrea doesn't know as much about that. I mean, knows more than I do certainly. Um, but Nick, I forget if it's, I want to look up, do you know about like shell pile in that whole area? No. Do you know about shell pile, New Jersey? No, but I was, um, I was seeing a chick down in, uh, Vineland for a while and she lived near like, uh, she actually didn't, I forgot how to say it the right way. I'm going to get yelled at. Not Buena. It's Buena. Fuck. I can't remember now. Because I'd say, oh, I'm, I'm, she lived in Buena outside of Island, and they had all the glass factories and shit like that. But um, I'd always say her town's name and she'd yell at me. But yeah, that whole area is really like, historically really interesting. Um, culturally, it's all mixed up. You got everybody down there. 
you're near whatchamacallit, Hamilton over there, which is a fucking cool place. But going further south than that, like I am just like and I was working with all these guys last week and they're all from down there because I was working out in Mansfield and Burlington. And uh they're like, Yeah, they're like we you know, it's we'd work up in North Jersey, it's like a two and a half hour drive. I'm like, that's fucking insane. They're like, but they got like everybody's got ten or twenty acres, they're like in you know, in these beautiful areas. It's like totally completely lush with like beautiful vegetation then you have like the salt marshes and everything else and just like sounds very appealing well you know that's down on the delaware bay shell pile is an old oystering town and it's called shell pile there's shell piles all over the fucking place it's literally got a big huge gigantic shell pile till this day where when they get those oysters out and they take them out of the shells for commercial purposes, they just leave the shells in Shell Pile, New Jersey. We gotta get Nikki Bonaduce down by that big shell pile. Oh, I believe I'll go to I'll take I'll go to Tuckerton and go to the the oyster place and just fucking the whole parking lot is feel like people like go in there and buy fucking oyster shells for their fucking driveways and shit. Watch out for Impetigo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's I won't say my next line, Mike. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Okay, let's go round three of our New Jersey year resolutions. Um, I like this. We've talked about places we want to go, things we want to eat. I will further this by telling you one of the great shames of my New Jersey, um, my lacking in fundamentals for for all my rah-rah, I'm Mr. New Jersey stuff. I've never really been an outdoorsy type. (laughs) And I've never been one for camping, and my wife loves camping. We have tons of camping gear that we've accrued over the years together, and we've never gone and used it. We have a two-person sleeping bag. We have a tent. We have a sleeping bag for Cal. And I can tell you, I have never spent a night in the Pine Barrens. (laughs) I've never done it. And I know you both have. Yes. Yeah, I spent 14 years living there. (laughs) It's like an actual ecological wonderland full of campsites that I could go to. Never done it. And I missed the boat. Just got to watch out for the coyotes to come in there and eat your eyes out of your head when you're sleeping. Wait, nobody's told me about that. What? And there's also, what's the Pine Barrens Bigfoot? What's his name? The Jersey Devil. Red Eye. No, there's the, there's that, but there's also like a Sasquatch in Jersey. Well, the Big Red Eye is up in Sussex County, I think. Oh. But this guy's specific to like the Stafford Forge area, right where like I live. Now, why are you trying to sign scare me off? Why are you trying to scare me off? No, I'm not saying. No. I think well, you run into that chance in any forest anywhere. But like the Pine Barrens is. You know, I want to go sleep in one of these areas where there's like rivers that run red. Yeah, it's all the cedar water, and and the pine trees are eight inches tall. All this crazy shit you hear about the Pine Barrens. I need to see it myself up tall. close for a night. I've driven through. I've gone. I've gone. I mean, I've taken a canoe on the blue hole i've done some pine baron stuff i've never stayed the night there i love the pine barons i do a lot but like seriously i'm not even kidding you unless you, like once you get off of the main road every fucking thing looks exactly the same it's sand and fucking pine trees and then maybe it might come out somewhere cool and that's great and all but like you want to get fucking lost and you don't have any sense of direction be fucking careful when you're in the Pine Barrens because everything fucking looks the same. Yeah, you just need a map and compass. I'm just fucking telling you, people get lost in there and fucking die. Well, there was that other couple there. I think they were murdered or something. But Now, I feel like Mike's going, you just need a map and compass. I can't help but feel like Nick is personalizing his reaction to being someone who grew up with me and knowing me. Seems to like you don't necessarily trust my ability to survive the Pine Barrens. I'm like proficient in, or I'm in, I'm actually proficient in orienteering. And I've gone out there with a compass. And like, you have to understand, like you literally get a few hundred feet off of like a main road. And if you had any cell signal, now you don't. So guess what? Your fucking GPS on your phone is shit. It's not going to work. And I'm telling you, you make, what happens is there's tons of these fire roads that just crisscross each other. And you'll take a turn, you'll take another turn, and there's nothing that you can identify. And depending on where the sun is in the sky and where how tall the trees are around you, it can be extremely difficult to understand which way is north. Did I turn it this fucking tr- I, like I when I go out when I'd go out with the kids hiking, even with the dog, I would do things to like break a branch at the corner of the trail where I made a turn, or draw an arrow on the ground, shit like that. 
you know, so you know how to fucking get at her. But definitely, maybe I, I mean, I, I may I, want to retract I, this. No, no, I might no, retract I totally this. No, it, I don't know if I want to do no, this. No, you go to like a regular camping place. I might be done. Camping ground. I don't know if I need to do this. Earlier this year, I was in the Pine Barrens and I was doing. I did the Mount Misery Trail run with one of my friends. And we took a wrong turn and got lost, and we were in the middle of nowhere. And it was, you know, we we ended up having to take like a multi-mile detour, which doesn't sound like a big deal, except it is when you're, you know, two guys who have swamp a liter of water between you in July, and you're running through the Pine Barrens in like little running shorts. So yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like you have to definitely keep your keep your eye on where you're going there. But don't they have any spots where you can just pull your car into a camping spot? Yeah, tons. There's tons of that. I'll just do that. I'm not an asshole. Go to like uh, Batso's Village has like a camping uh, area near it. You can do like that. And then there's... I'm not trying to go from like zero to now I'm that guy who teaches survival courses in the Pine Barrens. I'm not trying to be that guy. That's in Weartown. I'm not trying to be that guy out of the gate. First thing I'll do is just pull into my little camp spot where there's a shower and a bathroom 10 feet away. You, yeah, I don't, yeah, you gotta be, you have to make sure when you go to the campsites, you check if they have that shit. Otherwise, you're gonna be like dirty ass Jones the whole weekend. You really don't want me to camp in the Pine Barrens. You've been such a pessimist about this. No, I, I grew up camping and everything, but I realized something about myself now that is like, I would really rather have a nice bed to sleep in than to torture myself camping and sleeping on the fucking ground anymore. Unless I'm really drunk and I pass out. I was very excited about this New Year's resolution, and you have been a real wet blanket about this one in particular. <laughs> I'm sorry. Negative <laughs> Nick has got to go. You have. You have yucked my yum hardcore on this I gotta one. I got to say, okay, my new... I know. Can I jump to my resolution? Sure. And I'm, I'm going to shit all over it and make you mad about it. I'm going to make you regret that you brought it I'm up. I'm not going to be neg. I'm not going to be as negative anymore. I'm going to be... Instead of pessimistic, Nick, I'm going to be positive, Nick. Okay. Okay. That's my resolution. So I'm done with round three. Go back to... Wait, that's not New Jersey specific? Well, I live in New Jersey. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. I'll work on it. Give me another half around, Mike T. Okay. <laughs> so I have one which, strangely, Chris, is, is related to your Pine Barrens camping thing. And also, this is a resolution, but it's also a challenge, and it's something that I've brought up to all of you you guys separately and together, is this year I want to either hike or run the entire New Jersey section of the Appalachian Trail. You have mentioned this. I think we should all do this. I think it'll be amazing. It's not that long or hard, and I think it will be very, very fun. And you get to see the whole entire, you know, border of the state from, you know, north. It's seventy-two miles, so we get to see a good chunk of of western New Jersey heading north. I just, I'm totally down. I just know we need to bring recording devices because it will either turn into some version of Deliverance or Blair Witch. <laughs> Or it will turn into something where, um, like a live, where there'll be cannibalism and Mike, you'll have to stop Nick from like roasting me and eating me over an open flame. No, I envision having to like strap Chris to my back to like escape off of the mountain somehow because somebody got hurt. Like C-3PO and Chewbacca. (laughs) Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, Remember the show about the they go camping and whitewater summer, whitewater summer. I didn't see that one. Like no. where the guy goes, somebody gets hurt and you have to like get him. Uh, you uh, really the idea of me being outdoors, Nick. All you do is warn me against it, and now tell me that you assume you'll have to rescue me from it. Here's what I take on Mike's perspective, Mike. And this is I'm saying this to like the younger listeners, They're like you know. Mike is high adventure now. Like when he gets into something, he's into it. And I love it. But I'm just like, and I'm trying not to focus on the negative of like hiking the Appalachian Trail in Jersey because I've read so many terrible things about it that I like when you turn like 40, you start doing crazy shit again. And Mike D wants to do crazy shit. And like, I tell you, I danced too much on Saturday night and I was sore all day Sunday. So like hiking the Appalachian Trail is like, I know I'm going to be in pain for like a week after that. We got to do some. It goes through, I think, like Stokes State Forest, maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it goes through Stokes. They have nice lean-tos that you can sleep in with fireplaces. So Ooh. that's good. That's a good camping starting point. And with locking doors to keep the bears oh, out. Aren't there also, you, you got to be careful because 
every once in a bloom. From what I hear, like 99% of the time, the people you meet on the Appalachian Trail are like very n- nice driven people. But then when you get a crackpot out there, you get a real crackpot. And I know us and our crew of friends well enough to know that we will invariably encounter like a crackpot who just started talking to God yesterday. From everything that I've heard about the Appalachian Trail, if I went hiking on it, I would bring my handgun with me. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I've never in all the years I've been hiking I've never had an unpleasant encounter with another hiking human and I'm sure it's a thing but it's never happened to me people are usually chill and you know they are happy to share I'm pretty chill too but we're magnets for weirdos too so that's the other problem fair but that's just you in general though you've always generally people Ever since I've known you, people are very comfortable letting their guard down around them. You're really good at making people feel welcome. And with me, I feel like in general, I attract people who tend to be emotionally disturbed or um, really lonely and want to tell me all about it. Well, look who your friends are. Or um, people who walk up to me and will just be like, oh, did you know that there's seven dimensions and we're in the sixth one, but we're at war with the fourth one? And I'll be like, no. And then they'll tell me about it for three straight hours. I attract more of that. You attract like, people will walk up to you out of the blue and be like, oh, I'm I'm launching an app out of Singapore and the government's helping a grant. You want to get in on the ground? And you just will have that conversation. Someone will walk up to me and be like, oh, did you know that everyone has a face that lives inside their stomach? And if you can get the face in your head to make lock eyes with the face in your stomach, uh, that's how you attain the powers of immortality. And I'll be like, no. And then they just talk at me for an hour. And you've seen things like this happen to me. I have seen things like this happen dozens of times, yes. But that doesn't mean we can't hike the New Jersey AT. I mean, this is a very realistic thing to do. We have to. Look, I'm not out here trying to bonaduce your good time, okay? I want to do it, and I want to make it happen. Four days, three nights, it. and we're done. And it'll be fun. It we'll takes take you. three nights out there? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd say at least, right? You probably need like a good solid five days so you don't fucking kill yourself. Well, it's 72 miles. So if we do like, you know. I need a satellite phone, a pistol, 200 rounds of ammo. It'll be like, stand by me. Hey, I bought a comb. I brought a comb. What I didn't tell you guys uh, was I just heard there's a body out there on the AT and that we should probably go take a look at it before it decomposes any further. Well, now, how can I say no? Now, how can I say and if no the police, that? if the police stop us, we just say we're going to pull a couple of steelhead out of the river. There you go. Sounds like a plan. I'm in. Okay, let's see. It's 71.6 miles, easy to moderate. Uh, it looks like it crosses like right up across the northern Sussex part of the state. It's cold up in those hills. Do we get to come up with trail names and then leave our trail names in those logs and stuff like that? No, I don't put anything in there because it's fucking... If you don't not fill it out when you came out, come out, then they go looking for you. That's true also, yes. We went camping for four days and the only one that came back was Mike D and he was 40 pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it looks like it starts... Oh, right out there near like the Delaware Water Gap, huh? It's like what a straight hike, straight up. See up past Sunfish Pond. It's not getting up there that I'm worried about. It, I mean, it's not once I'm up there; it's getting up there from those like they, everybody talks about these trails to get up to back up to, or if you want to come down into town or something, they're like treacherous. Yeah, but if we're only doing three nights, we can carry everything. It won't be, you know. What do you? You got to bury you bury your poopy. Do you? Bury your poop? Yeah. You, bu- you bury the well, poop? Well, no, actually, that's not true. There, there's, there's campsites with latrines that you can use. So, like, you can... They discourage you these days from burying your poop. But, like, obviously, if you're going to have, like, a Port Authority-style blowout, you can you can do that. Like, I have a little shovel you can borrow, but... You spackle some trees with it, Mike D. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm reading here. It's intersected by highways, country lanes, and park roads. It takes three to four days to thru-hike and camp out can also be taken one day at a time in 10 modest day hikes. Best time is from late April through early June. We can make this like a Patreon thing. All the Patreons can come. Oh my God. If we meet with all the Patreons and we go on a four night hike. Oh, that'd be so great. That I'll do. That I will fucking do. Are you still going to bring a gun with all those strangers around? Definitely. And probably a couple of Sherpas. <laughs> Sherpas? 
Yeah, sure. Like from Nepal? I'm not going to carry my own shit. No, I'll get them from somewhere else. Okay. I get rent a Sherpa. I think we got to do that, right? Oh my God. That'd be so awesome. There's this great campground my friend has up near the Delaware water cap that you can basically have a party and do whatever the fuck you want. That place is amazing. It's like literally the campsites are so massive and so huge. Like they cater to like just yahoos want to have crazy parties and nobody bothers anybody because they're all just out there. My other alternative, if we think the AT is too rugged, which I think we should do it, is we could also hike the DNR Canal. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, if you want to replicate me and Franny and our infamous trip, we could, we could also go to a KB toy store in a mall and buy a bunch of inflatable rafts and uh, overweigh them, and everyone gets one bag of smart food cheddar popcorn, and that's it. And we have to make our way down the DNR Canal. We can do that as well. That sounds like a great adventure. I'd be into that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I think we've laid out a bunch of resolutions. Nick, this is your final chance to actually come up with a New Jersey-focused New Year's resolution on this very sentimental holiday episode. New Jersey is the world. Woe town. Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh, I got nothing. I really don't have anything New Jersey-based that, like, that I want to do or that I want to change question me dig deep on my brain here help me out that you want to do what what new jersey place have you not visited a lot of new jersey places i haven't visited but i can't think of one that i really want to go to right now like spark something uh, you know where have I, i've never been but i wonder if i could handle it because i've gone vegetarian and the animal stuff might bother me i never been to the cowtown rodeo you guys know about the cowtown oh, rodeo oh i'll definitely go there I, that, I don't like regret not going there, but I definitely want to go there. Never been. It's supposed to be great. You know, I think it's the oldest, the oldest continuously uh, running rodeo in the United States is in New Jersey. Yeah, but it's like actually supposed to be a great time. I mean, I got really turned on to like bullfighting in Mexico, but rodeo is even different than that because like they're not killing the animals. You know what I mean? But you ever watch bull riding? I think this is your resolution, Nick. I think I'm giving you a resolution as you have to go to the Cowtown Rodeo. Oh, I'll definitely go. As soon as it's open, I will go. I would love it if you became a regular and they started employing you. I, if you quit your union job and just became the rodeo clown. It's your second career. I wish I could. If I could, if I could pay my alimony, I'd be a rodeo clown, <laughs> of course. You're the guy who has like, to, seriously. You're the guy who runs you're out like, <laughs> and distracts the bull so it doesn't kill people, so it tries to kill you instead. I don't care. Yeah, seriously. What do you got to do? Just like, I'm pretty quick. I'm spry. You call those lineman skills back into action. That's it. Plus, I'm like in good shape now. I'd love to revisit uh, Devil's Tower. It's been a long time since we've been there. Probably 25 years. I'm curious to see what it looks like now. I mean, Devil's Tower and Devil's Tree in one night if we want to do it. Is the Devil's Tree still there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good food places around there. Well, this has been a somewhat sentimental episode. A thoughtful episode. An episode where Nick made me feel bad for having dreams of being an outdoorsman. <laughs> Um, where those, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can make it to the Italian ice place in Elizabeth, but I'm probably going to bail on the Pine Barrens one because he made it sound like a scary thing I can't survive. So just so everybody knows, if I don't do that one, that is Nikki Bonaduce's fault and not my fault. That's all my fault. You could hear my enthusiasm and you heard me, you heard him talk me out of it instantly, but maybe we'll see you out on the Appalachian trail later this spring. Oh yeah. And, Patreon level <laughs> shit, man. No, what if we tell all our patrons to come out there and then we all get stranded and die? There's going to be so many of us, we can, like, feed on them. You're talking cannibalism? <laughs> Possibly. You could start your own religion. Out, out of there. all our patrons, who do you think is the one who would offer the most sustenance? I'm going to eat Rick from Bergenfield, personally. <laughs> Rick from Bergenfield. I, I, uh, I met him once. Seems like a really, really great guy, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I... I Nutritionally, I like I like what Nick Rick from Bergenfield has to offer. The corn fed. Two, if two people make it out of this this cannibalism adventure, it's going to be me and Don. That is true. Yeah, Don's going to be like gourmet cooking shit up up there too. I found these mushrooms on the tree, and I mixed them with a little bit of their fat after I liquefied it in a pan, and then I was brazing his fucking eyeball in it. If you take this uh you take this particular tree bark and you boil it in water and then you season it with just a little bit of your own sweat, it actually has smoky hazel overtones. Don's doing like a twelve course meal on the fucking Appalachian Trail from like injured people who had donated 
body parts willingly or unwillingly into gourmet food. Meanwhile, Nick drives me past the brink of madness to the point where I try to kill him and then I <laughs> fall down and die in the process. We open his backpack at the campsite and it's just filled with pachis. It's just 40 containers of polio. There's nothing else in his backpack but pachis. And Nick is sleeping next to a fire in the middle of the night and he wakes up and I'm just like crouching next to him with like face paint. My, with like war like paint. My glasses are gone and I've just got face paint and a, no shirt on, just like a loincloth and he just wakes up and he's like he's like little geth you all right man why aren't you sleeping and i just look at him i I go you gotta stop eating cheetos on the fucking microphone man you gotta stop eating on the fucking microphone well because we had to use our glasses to start the fire I mean, there's no other way. We just sorry. Okay, Piggy. It's Lord of the Flies, and we're all forty in our forties and fathers, and it turns into just pushing boulders onto each other's heads, like back in the day. As long as nobody's squealing like a piggy, we're okay. I love how this went from like here's some like a nice chance for us to all regroup and reflect on the upcoming new year, and in 60 minutes we've gone into uh, cannibalism <laughs> a tribal death match all because of Don Finelli don't forget we're two and a half days into the trip and we don't have cell service anymore and all of a sudden we get the distinct sense someone's following us and we start to like whisper about it and then all of a sudden a skulky shadowy figure drops down from a tree in front of us pulls back his hood and reveals it's the neighborhood ninja the neighborhood ninja and he's like just stop fucking talking about me all the time on your podcast i think we could get we got to get the neighborhood ninja on the show i think that's uh, that's gonna be my resolution if, now there's a resolution if you that's can score an one. exclusive interview with the neighborhood ninja about all this stuff by next week i'm gonna try and contact the neighborhood ninja that's and- the, that would be the interview to end all Neighbor- interviews after the number of mentions he's had on this podcast let's make that one happen <laughs> We'd have to like, we'd have to list all the different stories because it would just generate into like childhood stories of insanity anyway. Well, that's but the like, money maker, you'd have baby. to like list your that's what people want ninja stories, neighborhood ninja this stories. This has been a hell of a holiday episode. It's been sentimental. It's been reflective. It's also been looking forward towards some things and some activities we'd like to do. We want to hear your resolutions. We want to hear if there's ones we've brought up that could be group activities. Would you get out there on the Appalachian Trail with us for f- three nights and four days? Is that a good idea or bad idea, Rick from Bur- Bergenfield, you in particular, I want to make sure you're willing to join in in case disaster strikes. I will cut off your leg and eat it. I will cut your calf muscle off and flambe it. No, I met Rick and Rick was just like a very nice, normal guy who I think would get a kick out of me threatening to kill and eat him on the Appalachian Trail. But what a year of friendship, of reflecting on this place we love, this culture we love, uh, and looking forward to it. So many of these things we named today that I'm excited to do separately to report back and more importantly the ones we get to do together I'm so lucky you guys are my pals I'm so lucky we get to do this together and uh, hope everybody out there is having a great holiday thanks to everybody who came out in Asbury Park thanks to everybody who supports the show through listening, through joining the patron buying a t-shirt and I cannot wait to see what 2022 has to offer. Have a bethereal new year. Yes, have a very bethereal new year. And uh, I don't think that one will be released by the time this one comes out, but I cannot. Uh, oh, no, no. What a good tease. Wait till people hear what yeah, that yeah, nonsense yeah, yeah. is oh about. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs>